Investing in our future. Acting now and acting well with Arabile Kumede. This podcast series is dedicated to considering what decisions we need to commit to in order to see meaningful change. Powered by Standard Bank. Business in South Africa has come to understand that it is not divorced from the rest of society. You don't get a seat at the table without an ESG element in your business, right? A lowest common denominator system. And it does mean that change from the UNFCCC is extremely slow and very frustrating to anyone that's watching it. In this podcast series, myself, Arabi Lekumete, will be unpacking the current state of environmental, social, as well as corporate governance in South Africa and the shifts needed to make a fundamental change that can achieve a resilient and regenerative economy. If we don't act now, we risk everything. We have reached the limits of business as usual. The environment, society and the economy can no longer afford for us to blame the world for our own problems as business and society. So, one thing is for sure, that if we succeed in acting now and acting well, we can redesign our economy and unlock sustainable growth. To unpack our first discussion as we get into what exactly ESG means, how business gets involved, and the amount of investment needed to get things right, we're joined by Dr. Crispian Oliver, who is the director of the Presidential Climate Change Coordinating Commission. Joanne Yawich also joins us, who is the CEO of National Business Initiative. Investing in our future. Acting now and acting well. Powered by Standard Bank. All right, folks, let's get uh, straight into it then. I, I want to ask Crispian if maybe we can just unpack this just a little bit and, and really get into what exactly is ESG. I mean, everybody can find the definition. We can say it's, you know, just really environment, social and corporate governance. But what does it actually mean uh, from, you know, from every kind of point of view, whether it be investing or otherwise? My understanding of it is that it is about bringing sustainability and social justice issues into the way that companies do business. So companies' operations have a variety of effects on social circumstances and on the environment. It's about being mindful of those impacts and taking proactive action to mitigate them. And as part of the Presidential Climate Change Coordinating Commission, there must be heavy pressure to get this right in in, in the sense that you kind of have to find the right goals, but also make sure that the timelines make sense. We have a very emissions intensive economy in South Africa. You know, the, the way our electricity is generated, basically we mine coal out of the ground in Mpumalanga and we burn it in these large power stations on the high felt that have huge emissions. And that's the energy system that powers our industrial economy. And we've got two of the largest emitters on the African continent. So there's uh, very significant emissions from ESCOM and from SASOL. What's very significant is that businesses almost across the board in South Africa have taken decisions to move towards what they call net zero, which means a point at which the residual emissions that they're generating are offset by other activities that they're undertaking. Mm. 
and it's hugely significant. I mean, SASOL and ESCOM have both signed on to net zero targets by 2050. Anglo has gone even further. They've got a net zero target for 2040. These are very significant commitments, and it's about putting our economy onto a steady path to reduce emissions over time. I'm going to come back to that net zero discussion because I think there's there's so many elements to it and I'm even wondering if it's at all possible and, and I'll get to the crux of, of what I mean by that but Joanne if I come to you then has business signed on the way we'd like for a change in behavior I suppose when it comes to ESG? So Arabelia, I think that one of the things that we must recognize is that firstly it's a, this is a worldwide movement at the moment all yeah. businesses across the world are talking about ESG. I think that in South Africa and in our country Text. Interestingly, you'll probably find that South African corporates are fairly ahead of their competitors across the world, in part because of the kinds of regulatory frameworks that we have in South Africa that have been put in place since 1994. Mm. But in part, I think because uh, over a very long period of time, business in South Africa has come to understand that it is not divorced from the rest of society and that if it doesn't address the problems that we find broadly problems of inequality, unemployment, social injustice, that then its license to operate is impaired and that it can't function effectively. So that's on the the, the broad issue. But I also think that in relation to both environment and governance, Mm. that South African business is quite advanced in terms of what it sees itself as having to do in order to be able to retain its social license to operate. Mm. So yeah, I would say that we are quite ahead. It's not necessarily to say we are where we want to be. But I think particularly in relation to the environmental issues, there's been huge movement in the last year or so on the part of organized business. Mm. Uh, Joanne, there's also collection of data and key matrices around everything from climate change to, uh, you know, being socially responsible, the communities that you serve in and around you as well, corporate governance. All of that has also ramped up quite significantly, hasn't it, particularly over the last couple of years? Yeah. And I think that if you look at something like King, particularly the fourth iteration of King and what it requires of companies in relation to its stakeholders, its responsibilities to the environment. They are quite significantly rigorous in terms of ensuring that companies think very carefully about how these ESG issues relate to their core strategy and their core business and targets are integrated into them. Crispin, should regulation be quite stringent when it comes to this? Because it seems that any of, for example, previous COP regulations haven't necessarily been binding to each nation and you could kind of follow them as you will. It feels though that if that isn't the case, we aren't going to achieve any of these. But at the same time, can regulation necessarily achieve what we wanted to in this case? Arabila, the way that the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change works is that every country has to agree to any provisions that uh, are ratified by the countries. So it's a lowest common denominator system and it does mean that change is extremely slow and very frustrating to anyone that's watching it. Regulation clearly does have a role 
And South Africa has been increasingly improving the regulations around emission reductions and pollution and waste management. But what's driving private sector behavior at the moment is a lot of them are responding to global market conditions. They're seeing a carbon price increasingly being injected into the global economy. There is worries that trade restrictions are looming, and that's why they're taking action. They're seeing that the market is changing. Still to come on investing in our future, acting now and acting well. I'd like to know from my guests whether net zero is still a possibility considering where we currently sit on the global scale. The market is definitely changing. And Joanne, I can imagine then that businesses are looking at this saying to themselves, well, in the past, it just used to be beneficial to kind of have the right ESG component when it comes to your investing, when it comes to your operations as well. But now you don't get a seat at the table without an ESG element in your business, right? I think that's right. But I also think that where we are at the moment is that business is seeing that ESG is good for business. Mm. So, for example, if we look at the broader debate around what is sustainability and the fact that we are, by 2050, likely to be living in a planet of 9 billion people and a significant number of them on the African continent, the question of what it is that business needs to do in order to ensure that those people have a reasonable quality of life, that the kinds of goods and services are produced that are available to them in affordable ways and that ensure sustainability are provided is something that really is occupying the minds of business across the world and in South Africa. So I think that business not only sees that it is important to do what it is right, but what is right is also good for business and looks at the possibilities of opening up fairly massive new markets, new economic sectors, new technologies. All of that is good for business. So I think that there is a real sense in which business is operating out of a frame that says that there's a huge set of opportunities in an ESG approach that stresses sustainability and that it opens up continuity and stability and sustainability for business itself. And I think that a lot of the companies in South Africa are responding to that. So, for example, if we roll out renewables in a massive way, there's significant potential for localization of components. If we start a green hydrogen economy, there's a whole new sets of value chains that get created. So I think we need to think about it in that way. And then I think on the other side of ESG, if we look at the social and the governance, I think that business also realizes that it is in its interests in a country like South Africa Mm. to do everything that it can to build stability, certainty and growth in in the economy. Yeah, so I guess then appetite will certainly grow when it comes to this, but the cost is certainly huge. There's some estimates that are expected to be around 150 trillion rand over the next maybe 10, if not more years. That's a lot of money to kind of plow into this, Joanne, right? I mean, do you think that business will continue to have the appetite for it or is it going to be fully dependent on what they get out of it as well? I suppose there is a conversation that happens in this climate environment around what are called the costs of inaction and Mm. and I think that that needs to be weighed up against the costs of action. So Mm. if you look at the impacts of climate change for example, um, if we don't act at the moment because it is too expensive, what would happen into the future if we can no longer produce the foods that we eat if our 
our environment becomes too hot to be able to keep our manufacturing sector going if our roads start melting. So so the costs of inaction are calculated to be far higher than the costs of dealing with climate at the moment. And I think that that is the calculation that needs to be made across the world. And I think that the other side of that is to say that it sounds like a lot of money, but the earlier you do it, the better the returns are in the long term and the more expensive it comes to have to act in a moment of crisis and further into the future. So I think those kinds of calculations are, are the kinds of calculations that you'll find companies making. And we've we've reached the tipping point in terms of technology. Renewable technology, solar, wind and battery storage have now grown to the point where it is cheaper, you know, to to install those and amortize it over, say, a 20-year period, the lifespan of the infrastructure. It's cheaper to go the renewables route on your own than to be paying ESCOM and the tariff increases that they'll be driving into the future. So that's a tipping point. That means we can now go for renewables at scale in this country. Joanne, if we continue the discussion then and, and, and really just focus on whether businesses even feel like net zero is even possible for them. Is that is that a notion that businesses are, are, are quite keen on or is it just a sense of let's just be able to get things right first and maybe we'll figure out a balance later? Over the last year, the NBI, my organization, has been working with Business Unity South Africa in a piece of work where we asked ourselves the question whether it would be feasible for South African business, looking at different sectors of the economy, to be able to reach net zero by 2050. And we've embarked on a very intensive evidence and research-based process in order to answer that question. And um, at the beginning, when we started the work, we didn't really know whether it was possible. I think we were fairly skeptical. And as we have moved along in this work and we've looked at the power sector, we've looked at petrochemicals and chemicals, we've looked at gas, we've looked at agriculture, forestry and land use. We are in the last stages of finalizing the work on transport. What we have found is that in actual fact, there are pathways that we could look at to get us to net zero by 2050. Clearly, it requires financing, Mm. it requires conducive regulatory um, and legislative and policy environment. It requires huge levels of collaboration between stakeholders across society, but the pathways exist. And the work that we've done has showed that quite clearly. And it has been headed by um, a CEO champions group of around 30 CEOs from big South African companies, including some of the country's biggest emitters. And they have all bought into the results of this work and into the fact that real pathways do exist that we could go. And I think that the work has been quite important in the sense that we've also have presented it to government, we've presented it to the Presidential Climate Commission and I think it was quite instrumental in assisting government in their deliberations around taking on more ambitious 2030 targets. So I would say that business uh, has put itself at the cutting edge of this conversation and the question is going to be whether we can take the conclusions of this work forward into implementation. Mm. Is that the only thing missing then? Implementation. Would you say that that is pretty much the final hurdle? 
Firstly, I think there is the need for consensus across society. So we've put forward a business perspective. We would want government to support that. So there's the issues around regulation and policy and creating a conducive environment, particularly for the kind of investment that this is going to require. It then requires collaboration. Implementation is, is based on collaboration. And you need a very wide set of actors across society, including unions and communities to come in behind this kind of a plan and then beyond that we need to get the hard implementation in place so i'm not saying that this is a small thing to try and do but it certainly is something that is possible and i think that in our context is desirable given the fact that at the moment there is a window of opportunity to obtain the kind of financing and r&d and technology and other support that south africa would need from the international community to be able to make this happen so i'm quite optimistic about it and certainly really impressed at the extent to which uh, corporate South Africa has come in behind what is a fairly ambitious plan. Ambition is certainly part of it, but one thing is for sure is that there seems to be a lot of commitment to it, right? And and that is certainly a positive part to all of this. Joanne Yawich, thank you so much for the time. Really, really appreciate it. The CEO then at the National Business Initiative. Also, Dr. Crispian Olva, who's the Director of Presidential Climate Change Coordinating Commission, getting into these uh, important Important elements then of ESG. Certainly a difficult discussion at times. It's going to need a lot of money. It's going to need a lot of patience. But as they say, progress is a slow process. Thank you to each of my guests for taking part in this Investing in Our Future podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it on your social networks. The more people acting well and acting now, the better. Remember to subscribe via your favorite podcast apps in order to receive the episodes as they launch in quick succession. If you have comments on what has been covered, please further the conversation using the hashtag PoweringImpact. Until next time, goodbye. Investing in our future. Acting now and acting well with Arabile Kumede. This podcast series is dedicated to considering what decisions we need to commit to in order to see meaningful change. Powered by Standard Bank.